Let's get this party started. Welcome to Tinsel Tunes. I'm musician and producer Scott Newman. I'm musicologist Jay LaChapelle. Jay, we made it to Christmas in July. We did indeed, my friend. And it's really... um, Do you think it's a bigger deal this year than it's ever been before? Or are we just more tuned into it? I was going to ask you the same thing because in years past, I've I've heard it mentioned in passing, but now it seems to be more front and center. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's very like a very big deal, and you can. It's more than like it was kind of like Hallmark Channel was the sole home of Christmas in July, and now it's it's got wings. Yeah, QVC used to do just a little weekend of Christmas in July. Now they appear to be doing an entire month of it. Yeah. And they got the sets all dressed for Christmas. I don't buy anything on QVC. I just turn it on and hit mute, but I really like seeing it. It's been fun. It's a good break from the summer heat. Yeah, I occasionally come across people that I respect and find out that they shop on QVC, and I'm always surprised by that. Like, really, why? But some people swear by the deals you get on there. Anyway. Yeah, some some people use Redbox, too. It, It blows my mind. And that's not what we're here to talk about today. Have you ever heard a song title and you think it makes sense and then you stop and think about it real hard and you're like, wait a minute, what does that even mean? Yes, all the time. I mean, maybe not all the time, but yes, frequently. The one that I want to specifically ask you about is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Yes. Now, obviously, we've known this song our entire lives. Yes. But it wasn't until recently that I said, wait a minute, what does that even mean? And it turns out that the answer is uh, much more surprising or deeper than you'd think. Do you know anything about this, or is this fresh to you? I do actually know quite a bit about it, and I'll tell our listeners as very briefly, and you can keep me, um, you know, you can pick at this to know more or less as you, as you may want about it, but I actually have a relationship with this song, as, I, as often is the case in our episodes, through something in my life. In, in this case, uh, there's an episode of The Sopranos from, I think, season two or season three titled To Save Us All from Satan's Power, which is one of the lyrics of this song. And the episode centers around a number of Christmas-related themes. So I'll stop there just to say that, like, that episode, the show, the song, the name of that episode, all of these things are things I spend an insane amount of time obsessing about. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Why don't we start by playing just a, a pretty standard, no, what I would call a normal version of the song. Vanilla, if we were going to put a flavor to it. <laughs> yeah, a vanilla version of the song. So, Jay, here's a vanilla choir version of the song. All right, so that's the Bach Choir from 2007. I found it on YouTube. I thought it was just a nice representation of what the song is all about. And that's the way I'm used to hearing it, the choir kind of thing. There's obviously some solo male performances I've heard, but would you agree that's a pretty standard uh, representation of the song? Uh, yes and no. Yes in that it's, you know, everything you said, except I'm used to, I feel like in my mind, it, that's not the voice I hear when I think of this song and okay. I think of the lyrics. Again, this is a me thing, so but so it's really not this. Well, I'm sure in our notable versions, yeah. I'm sure, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure I have it. 
So, as we've discussed on the show before, there are differences between Christmas songs, Christmas carols, and hymns. Hymns usually come from psalms, as far as I understand. Carols are usually religious in nature. And then Christmas songs are just secular music, by and large. This could be considered both a hymn and a carol. But we'll just call it a carol for today because I'm not a theologian, so we're just going to call it a carol. Does that work for you? Yeah, I'm not a theologian. I can't even pronounce the word, to be quite honest with you. Exactly. (laughs) That's how far away from qualified I am. So what I found interesting about this, to start with, is the placement of the comma in the title of the song. It's God rest ye or you, God rest ye Mary, comma, gentlemen. Now, I always thought of the song as God rest ye, comma, Merry gentlemen, meaning, hey there, you merry gentlemen, but that's not what they're talking about. No. This is not an invitation to get merry, but it's a blessing by the speaker. And the phrase is, God rest ye merry, or God rest you merry. Right. So I look it up, and God rest ye merry is a common idiomatic expression of greeting or farewell by the lower classes hmm. from Old English. You could rewrite this sentence as, God give you peace good gentlemen, or God grant you joy, dear gentle ones. That's the first thing that surprised me here, because that's not how I've read it or knew it my whole life. You hear this in games, in fantasy role-playing games, use Old English extensively. So, you know, fare thee well, or well met, and these, these types of, like, Old English greetings and salutations are commonly used. So, like, that's, it's kind of like how I how I would recognize it, but it's through a video game, so I almost feel like it's like cheaply attained knowledge. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it still counts. Yeah. There's another interpretation of the word rest from Old English that means make or keep. Now, the word merry also has another meaning of mighty, as in Robin Hood and his merry men. These were not just guys that were out partying. This was Robin Hood and his mighty men. Hmm. I never knew that was intended to imply. I just thought it meant that they were just a good old, you know, good fun bunch of guys. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You could say merry old England, and that has a dual meaning as well. Yeah. You could think of it as, as jovial, but you could also think of it as mighty. They were the biggest empire in the world for a very long time. Yeah. So really what this comes down to is there's a whole other interpretation of this to say, God make you mighty, gentlemen. So it's not an invitation to party and have fun in some interpretations. It could be have God in your life and be mighty. So that's really interesting that there are different points of view for that. Neither of us are theologians, nor are we English majors. So we're probably about as far as we can get in that. But I do want to talk about where the song comes from, if that's cool with you. Yeah, it is. And that's actually quite a bit that I did not know about the... um, uh... The etymology? I was going to say, is it etymology or, yeah, whatever? It is etymology, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're just learning all over the place today. Yeah, so let's get to the origin story for this beast of a hymn carol, a herald. Yeah, yeah. and it's a a song that I really like. I should have asked you if you like it. We, We just got right into listening to it. It's always been one that I thought was pretty cool, and I do like the music. I found it to be kind of powerful. Yeah, I do. I think it's a powerful, I find this to be an ominous and dark song. It is, and it is in a minor key, and that's really interesting that you pointed that out. There's a lot of Christmas songs, uh, secular ones that are in major keys. A lot of carols are in minor keys, so it has a little bit of a darker tonality to it. So let's talk about where the song came from. There's an early version of this carol found in an anonymous manuscript from the 1650s. 
So going pretty far back, you can find some that claim this goes back as far as the 1500s. We don't know that for sure. Uh, The version from the 1650s contains a slightly different version of the first line than we're used to. The first line is, sit you, married gentlemen, or sit yo. Uh, (laughs) It's it's Y-O with a a weird uh, diacritic mark on there. But sit you, married gentlemen. So we've never heard that. Well, I can't speak for you. I I have never heard that. Uh, Some sources claim that this carol dates as far back as the 16th century, which I just mentioned. Others date it to the 18th or early 19th century. So we really can't be sure. But the earliest known printed edition of the carol was on something called a broadsheet. And a broadsheet was an inexpensively produced piece of sheet music that's usually passed around. Hmm. to people so they can um, so they can uh, take part of yeah they can play along they can take part of the music exactly that was dated to 1760 and there's a precisely datable reference to the carol found in a November 1764 edition of a periodical called the Monthly Review that was an English periodical i guess it was the rolling stone of its time i'm really not sure so in doing the research for this episode i found references to two versions of the song, two very distinct ones. The earliest printed edition of the melody is in a rondo arrangement for Forte Piano by Samuel Wesley from 1815. Let me play that. and I want you to listen to it because it's going to sound familiar yet different, okay? This stood out to me in the show notes because rondo... And if I oversimplify what a rondo is, it's a term that you'll see all the time in classical music. You can think of it at a high level like a round. Obviously, yeah, the word rondo is the same Latin. Relation is you can think of it as a round with variation, <laughs> if that makes round sense. Round from the Latin word rondo. <laughs> rondo. Uh, the other version of the song goes by the name Cornish, or it's the Cornish version or the Cornwall version. It's also called the usual version. And it was from around 1833, but I cannot find a performance of this anywhere. And several sources I came across say it is virtually unknown on our side of the Atlantic. So Mm. that's about the best I could do on that one. I found some stuff on YouTube that says it's a Cornwall version, but it didn't sound exactly right. And I didn't want to take the chance of bringing something wrong. So we know that there are two versions, but... The one that we heard that I just played there, it's referred to as the the version that is sung in the streets of London, and it's what we would call the well-known version. So what we know as God Rest You Merry Gentlemen is the well-known version. The song is also known as Tidings of Comfort and Joy, or at least it was in the early days. And, you know, obviously that's in the chorus, right? This carol is also mentioned in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And I want to play a clip from an audiobook for you, Okay. The owner of one scant young nose, gnawed and mumbled by the hungry cold, as bones are gnawed by dogs, stooped down at Scrooge's keyhole to regale him with a Christmas carol. But at the first sound of, God bless you, merry gentlemen, may nothing you dismay, Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole to the fog 
and even more congenial frost. Now, that was a clip from the Tim Curry version of A Christmas Carol from Audible. It's my favorite version. Tim Curry from downtown. Nice. Um, so Will, there's an author named William Studwell. In his 1995 book called The Christmas Carol Reader, he observed that it was, quote, most appropriate that Dickens chose this particular song for no other carol has had a stronger cultural effect on London and on England and as a whole than the spiritual peace which infringed on Scrooge's grouchy privacy. I think he's just saying, hey, it's pretty noteworthy that Dickens decided to use God Rest You Merry Gentlemen as the carol in A Christmas Carol that set Scrooge off. And I thought that was kind of neat. He also makes an interpretation that God Rest You Merry Gentlemen is the carol yeah. that A Christmas Carol yeah. refers to. Now, that's just one author's opinion. I spoke with friend of the show, Jack Ford, from the Total Christmas Podcast. He's my personal expert on A Christmas Carol, and he disagreed. He said his understanding is that the book itself is a carol, and that's why the story is written in three staves yes. or verses. And I would probably probably tend to side with Jack on that one. It's noteworthy that we've got all this old English in there. We've got multiple versions. It's an old carol. It's pretty interesting. Now, as Christmas carols go, we don't have any more information than that. It's not like there is one definitive version, you know, like a like a Frank Sinatra or a Bing Crosby version. Right. But it's a really old carol, and I just thought that was kind of interesting to find out the backstory of that because I didn't know any of it. Did you? Um, so I, I uh, if the question is, did I know any of the backstory of it? I know a little bit of the backstory, yes, but not because uh, I was going down the rabbit hole to learn about the song. This was more about what I mentioned earlier from pop culture. But so, yeah, I had a little bit of history into the, uh, in particular, into the hook. Yeah, I don't want to get any farther into the theology of it, but I did come across a number of articles that were pointing out that this is a very early carol, and this is... Not long after the church started to relax its rules about music in church. So this was really a song that was meant to be sung. Okay. With a, a, a joviality versus like very serious church okay. music. It's interesting that that would be their choice, that this would be their first banger, because it's really... Well, I don't know that this was the first banger, <laughs> but it was popular with the common people. And that's what I think I, I took away from it. Okay, that. that's different. So it was it was popular. It, w- it was a popular song, and I can see why. It... Right, and we forget. We forget the word popular has some origin in populace yeah. as an appealing to the appealing masses. Appealing to the masses, right? yeah. So... <laughs> and if we have any theo- uh, theologians that listen to the show, I'm sure there's a few. If you know anything about this, write and I'd love to hear more about it. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll have a sip of water. When we come back, we'll play the notable versions of this song, the really famous ones. How does that sound? Spectacular. All right, Jay, we're back, and we're finally getting into some of the music here, and this is always fun. It's the reason that we do this show. I like to get into the history, but I sure do love listening to music with you and getting your reactions. I think today is one of those days where you didn't have a lot of time to listen to the songs ahead of time, so so your initial reaction is going to be uh, your your unpracticed one, I guess. I don't have a better word for it. The first ones we're going to listen to here are the ones that are pretty common. You'll hear them a lot on Christmas radio, Christmas TV. Uh, the first one, not so much, but I did want to drop it in because it's really interesting. This is a version from 1917 that was recorded on an Edison cylinder. Yeah, as in Thomas. <laughs> yeah. 
It's amazing. I think we can agree that recording technology has come a long way since 1917, more than 100 years at this point. But it's kind of neat. What a snapshot in time. It still sounds great, though, doesn't it? Even if you think it consider it for what it is. It does, knowing that it's so old. What a snapshot in time that was. And I find that really interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's play some of the ones that I'd be really surprised if you didn't know them. The first one I want to play is Nat King Cole. From God our Heavenly Father, blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. What a beautiful version that is. Very happy. Probably the more uplifting. There is a version by Frank Sinatra, but we do not play Frank Sinatra on this show because the copyright Grinches come right after us. We're already skirting copyright law as it is here. The next one is from Bing Crosby. In Bethlehem in Jewry, this blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn the which his mother mary did nothing take in scorn I'll do respect to Bing Crosby, but I don't think that's the best version. Yeah. I've got another one here from an artist I absolutely love. This is Ella Fitzgerald. God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. It dawned on me that I don't hear as many female artists cover this song as I do male artists, and I really like that. It's a little bit of a different change of pace. Yeah, that had a nice tempo to it. and uh, yeah, You're right. It was faster. It was a lot faster. Absent of the kind of droning, you know, similar to the choral, I guess, version in that in that regard. Yeah. I've got one from Perry Como, Mr. Christmas himself. This one's much slower. Address ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power, when we were gone astray, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. You don't notice how much slower that is until you play it back to back with Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's a totally different uh, for a guy who's learning. Uh, notes and rests it's a very rhythm yeah it's changing it up a bit yeah that was the slow portion of the show i've got one more and this is a notable one but it's not in that 1950s 1960s block no but for people of a certain age 
hearing the bare naked ladies version i mean this is over 20 years old at this point yeah but this is a really popular version this is the bare naked ladies with sarah mclaughlin Gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Well, now that you've pointed it out, Jay, I really like the faster tempo versions of the song. And that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, you know, we don't have enough seconds of clip to get Sarah McLaughlin's part in there as well, but it, it's beautiful. Yeah. Why don't we take uh, one more quick break? And when we come back, I want to play a bunch of different genre versions of this song for you, okay? You bet. Jay, we're back, and this is my favorite part of the show. This is where we play all of the funky, weird genre versions of the song. Uh, I love doing the research for this. I love just trying to find every kind of you know, metal, of folk, of acapella, whatever that we can find. So are you ready to go with this? Bring it. Okay, let's start off with one of your personal favorites. This is August Burns Red. Yes. This is a metal version of the song. Now, metal's not my favorite genre, but I really yeah. like the power that August Burns Red brings to Christmas music. It's a, very much like an action scene in a movie or a TV show, and I love that. Yeah, and I think in, in our line of work here, Scott, any genre-type covers, you know, when you would call metal, like any, would you call it, not niche, but anything that's like off of mainstream. It, it's not mainstream, you're right. Right, with the exception of country, which I dislike unilaterally, or across the board, I should say. <laughs> right, um, yeah. With the exception of country, anytime you get a cover like that and they do it really well, like, that's a good metal cover or a good ska cover or yeah, a good jazz great. cover or good yep. reggae, whatever. Like, Oh, I've got all those coming up too. Don't you fret. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really neat one that I found. This is by a group. This is by a group or an artist called, or artists called the Irish Rovers. Now to the Lord sing praises all you within this place and with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace. This holy time of Christmas shall be of peace and grace. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, man, I love that. Alexa, add Irish Spring to the shopping list. <laughs> Lucky charms. <Yeah. laughs> it, it wouldn't be an episode with Jay and Scott if we didn't play a chiptune version of, of course. God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen. This is by an artist called Scunnison.
Uh, that had a Castlevania vibe to it, Jay. I really enjoyed it. I've got a punk version by a really cool name of a band here. This is the Murderers, as in gold, frankincense, and mm. myrrh. The Murderers. Very clever. Not exactly a sit in front of the fire and enjoy a snowy Christmas uh, night version, but well done as a punk version. Yeah, well done. I'm trying to keep a list here of like what our, if our our playlist had to have, like if we had a genre playlist, Yeah. what would be the three or four? And it's got to be close to five, four or five. What would be the four or five must-haves? But keep going. Well, I think the next one would be a must-have. This is going to be, yeah. This is acapella version by Pentatonix. Yeah. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I think that really shows the power that a group like Pentatonix can bring. And, and what's really interesting and unique about their style of music versus just singing it in a four-part harmony or something. Yeah, yeah, they get you moving, too. I mean, I'm ready to jump out of my seat. Yeah, they really do. Uh, the next one should be near and dear to both of our hearts because I can remember sitting in your bedroom as a sophomore in high school listening to this version. One of my favorite all-time Christmas songs. Yeah. Unlike a lot of Bob Rivers parody songs, this one we won't get canceled for. So this is The Restroom Door Said Gentleman. The Restroom Door Said Gentleman So I just walked inside I took two steps and realized I've been taken for a ride. I heard high voices turned and found the place was occupied by two nuns, three old ladies, and a nurse. What could be worse than two nuns, three old ladies, and a nurse? That's a really fun version. A little crass, but it's not too bad. Yeah, and it's, you know, the what's hilarious about it is not so much the language. It's not a really blue song. It's 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 the the contrast of the style versus <laughs> yeah. the subject matter is yeah. just hilarious. Exactly, it just yeah. never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got probably your least favorite version. This yes. is a country version by an artist I really like that I found on YouTube called The Petersons. Okay.
Thank you for humoring me on that one, Jay. I I know you. It's not your favorite, but I like it. I think they're a great group. Yeah, I you know country's not my favorite genre, but that's a I mean a well done treatment of the song, so I can't argue with that. Yeah, I think you're gonna like the next one. This is a rock version by a group called First to Eleven. Hmm. I really like that one. Uh, I would call that rock to hard rock, but I would distinguish that from metal. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not metal, but it's got a little power to it. Yeah, it does. The next one, this is for all you ska lovers out there, including me. This is the Fayetteville Ska Alliance. God bless you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. I love uh, Ska for its fun, upbeat nature there. Yeah, I like that. I've got one that shows... uh, the, the mutability of this song or the, the moldability, this is a dubstep version. And I want you just to pay attention to how well it takes the dubstep treatment. forgot to mention that was by an artist named Scully, S-K-U-L-E-E. It'll be in the show notes. Two L's, two E's. Two L's, two E's. And finally, I wanted to wrap up today with a reggae version because, I don't know, reggae is always fun to end with. Yes. This is the Reggae All-Stars. Nice little fun version there. Uh, you know, this song takes the rhythm very well, and, and it takes it in a lot of different styles. I've really enjoyed all the versions that we played today, but 
do any stand out to you as as ones that you would either absolutely put on a playlist or ones that you just really enjoyed? Yeah, so I'm I was very familiar with with most of what we listened to, including a good the notables, yeah, including a few of the uh, the genre cuts. But I would I would add for this one this week I would say or this um, um, genre I would say chip tune scunch. Scunison? 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 Yeah, the one that sounded like Castlevania, because not only was it chiptune, it was extremely well done chiptune, which in amateur artists is a little harder to find than you would think. Yeah, and I would say that um, I think a close second would be August Burns Red. Yeah, that was cool. That metal version was surprisingly good. Not my favorite genre, but it cut. I wrote down a bunch of different genres, and I'm not going to name okay. them all, but if I were to pick five that I would say that are like always in our rotation, it would be in no particular order either. Okay. It would be ska, reggae, chiptune, metal, and acapella. Okay. Like whenever, like, and that's, I'm, um, some of the jank is bleeding over here uh, into the discussion, but I think those would have to be at least our, like, guaranteed flavors. Yeah, and I loved them. The one that stood out the most to me was the hard rock version by First to Eleven. I really liked that one, and it got my head moving, uh, but it wasn't too heavy. I, the, the August Burns Red one was a little, um, you know, shreddy, aggressive. shreddy metal aggressive. <laughs> the rock one I really liked, First to Eleven, but... All the songs that we played today are, are listed in the show notes in order. So you can go, well, I think they're all YouTube links, so you can just tap them and check those out at your leisure and hear the whole thing. That wraps up our Christmas in July, Jay. Any closing thoughts? Um, you know, I really like this song. I really enjoyed the review of it and the exploration we did on this song today. And, you know, shamelessly, I would say, if you're a Sopranos fan, like, you know, go back and watch To Save Us All from Satan's Power. And That's cool. That's a great know, pull. A really dark storyline. It's The Sopranos. But uh, it's well, an sure. interesting web, and it takes place at Christmas time. So good watch. And you could probably get it for free at this point on somewhere. So Yeah, I'm sure you could find it somewhere. Thanks for joining me today, Jay. I had a lot of fun listening to this. Listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to tinseltunes.com. You can find out all the different ways to get in touch with us, and you can find all of our back episodes. But we'll see you again in August. So, Jay, until then, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.